In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my podcast, New Year's Baby, is the one and only. I named it Travis Webb. <laughs> I, I, I just that realized. That was tough to do after, with a cold. That was tough to do with a cold. After the last podcast, you keep you kept saying I always refer to you as something like small and compact, <laughs> and it didn't register to me until you had to do a baby voice that I'm like, oh, he's right. I always, I always call him something tiny, <laughs> something emasculating. I know. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, my welcome to the comic Ronnie podcast. Well, hello there, podcast land. <laughs> I was just out chopping me some timber. That's that's I'm trying perfect. to grow this magnificent beard out, Josh. So you would refer to me as a man, and you keep calling me it's, small things. I'm I'm telling you, it's an it's an impressive it's little like. It, it's a nice little patchy thing you've got going on. It's it not is, it's it not is. too bad. I look like every uh, hipster celebrity rolled into one. You do. It's like a little, if Michael little Sarah James and James Franco very... had a had a butt baby. <laughs> It'd be you, yeah. It'd be my ladies face. and gentlemen. <laughs> welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast, where we like to talk about comic books. And every other week, we do a, a, a graphic novel or trade book club. We have some guests on. We talk about stuff. We talk about the books we're reading, the movies we're watching, the nerd stuff that arrives. And you are on an episode today, a variant episode. Where Travis and I have some important year-end stuff to get off our chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are now uh, two years into comic exposure. Okay. We're about to we're about to begin year. I think we are technically in our third year of third comic year? exposure. This is where it starts. Actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it starts after this episode. We can't start the next year until we reviewed the previous year. You, you are you're right. So so on today's episode. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of Star Wars. We're a little late to the game, but the holidays threw us off a little bit, guys. Yeah. you, you got to give us a break, you know? Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit Rogue One. Uh, then we've got our kind of like year in review, what we liked, what we read, stuff like that. And then we've got to balance the ledgers. We've got to balance the ledgers. Make sure we that we're in the, in the black or red. Which one's the good one to be in, Josh? The black is the one you want to well, be in. Well, that's what we need to decide today if we are indeed in the black. We'll see what happens. If you got a, if you got too much red in your ledger, you get too much, too much red in your ledger. I've got my black pen. I've got my. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's good to see that uh, pen pineapple apple pen made it way made its way across to Japan too. Even though it's probably it's from Korea. Is it Korean? Oh, it's Japanese. I I didn't even know what it was, and kids were doing it at the school for like (laughs) pep rallies and stuff like that. And it was so retarded that I thought the kids came up with it on their own. Because it, it, it is like the fever dream of like a uh, – I'm just going to stop right there because I was going to go – I was going <laughs> to say some really inappropriate shit. I'm glad you didn't. I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> Let's keep it clean to start off the year. You're a little, you're a little sick. You're a little sick. I'm a little, uh, you're sick. I'm a little loopy. I'm a little loopy. I'm uh, sorry. Someone who's having fever dreams is you. I yeah, think. I think so. <laughs> So uh, we got to talk about that, and then we're going to wrap up the episode. We've got a uh, a a little interview we're going to do. Uh, I talked to an indie artist, an indie comic book creator, uh, Matt Lesniewski. So uh, Travis Rats, to start us off today, mm-hmm. let's let's get into that. Let's get in that Rogue One action, buddy. Yeah, well, now, I'm, let me... I'm glad that you uh, could do the podcast today, and you weren't out seeing uh, Rogue One for the the twelfth time. Uh, in the um, last three just weeks. so you know, just so you know, I did see it today again. <laughs> uh, you, you make this joke, but I saw it the third time today. So, how I, I'm more curious before we start talking about the movie, how has yeah. Rogue One affected your personal life? Uh, has it put a strain on your marriage? Do your kids well, feel abandoned? The very first, so here's the problem I wanted to see it opening night, so I did see it opening night because I don't want it spoiled for me because mm-hmm. I don't trust the internet, but I, but like. I didn't, you know, the tickets went on sale that morning, and I didn't realize that they went on sale until about eleven o'clock, and so that was that was problem number one. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I wanted to get the place where you can pick your seats, so Gab and I could just show up, so I wouldn't have to wait a really long time mm-hmm. to go see it. But I couldn't get 
I couldn't get the first show. I had to go to the 10:45 show, so 10:45 at night. So I, I grabbed Gabby and uh, made her go see this at 10:45 at night, and uh, she fell asleep. Uh, not because not because of the movie, but because she was like a zombie. And I was like, "Babe, you didn't have to come. It was fine." She's like, "I figured you'd rather have me here like asleep than just like have to go to a movie by yourself." <laughs> You're like, "You don't know me at all, woman." So I was kind of like Gabby in my theater showing of it, where I was like, "Oh, I'm like." The only thing that was keeping me awake was the fact that it was Star Wars, and I was like, "Must, <laughs> must make it through Star Wars." And then I recently, uh, last night, in waking up in between all my jet lag, I I, I watched uh, the beginning of it again on that uh, is downloaded illegally, pirated. You it. are a terrible human being. Uh, that's Travis Ratz, uh, legal podcast, uh, legal pirater. You just heard it right here. Listen, I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm a rogue myself. You know, I don't I don't <laughs> I don't play by society's conventional laws. You're a rebel. That's right. Rebel. Yep. So let me so let me ask you. Um, what was your anticipation for this Star Wars movie? Well, what, was your, what was your, what was your thought about it? We talked about this quite a bit, and I think if we go back, I think we even did, like, when the teaser trailer came out, we have a podcast titled, like, Rogue Anticipation yeah. or something like that. And I was, like, I was like, this is it. This is what I want to see. I want to see the down and gritty Star Wars. I want to see, like, Star Wars meets Aliens, uh, you know, lots of mech. I thought that's what it was. I thought it was, like, a lot of, like, going to be, like, abandoned warehouses getting suited up and ready to go on like this this kind of space odyssey uh so i was really looking forward to like the grunginess uh, of the uh-huh. film and kind of like that smugglers i thought i thought it was gonna be a cast of like we're all han solo in some way <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you only got one han solo buddy. yeah you only got one. yeah so um <laughs> So that was kind of my anticipation going into the movie, and I think like a lot of people have um, said ever since I've seen the movie and since it's out there, just we are going to spoil some things. If you haven't seen it, I'm sure everyone has, so no worries. But if you haven't, you know, press pause and come back to this. Is uh, like I agree with the, a lot of reviews where it's it's a different a movie that we that they gave us was different than the movie that they had teased us with. I feel like you know yes, as far yeah. as as what was actually put on screen because uh, uh, the movie that that they teased us with, I was like, okay, this it, it was like hitting all the right buttons for me. And the movie that I saw, it wasn't bad. I enjoyed the movie. I I, I definitely enjoyed the movie and was glad I saw it and we'll see it again. But it wasn't the movie that I that I waited to see. So that's maybe we could start with 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 that. How did the viewing uh, for you, Josh, uh, mix with your anticipation for the movie? Or well, I I figured it would be much more of a uh, caper, right? right? Like a like a Star Wars. We're gonna steal these plans, mm-hmm. and it was less like that. It was a straight up war movie for the most part. And I mean, I mean, I expected that. You see that in a lot of, in a lot of the. That was one thing that rang through in the trailer was the war aspect of it, right? Like the beaches, the explosions, the water, the, you know, AT-ATs walking through, you know, the jungle. Right. That was there, but it was it seemed like it was in a different context when I actually mm-hmm. saw the movie. Um, but, I, you know, I, that was something where um, I expected a little more heist, and uh, I, it, that's not what this was. Right. It wasn't. It wasn't I, as intimate as the uh, you know the uh, the trailer made it out to be. It seemed like it was going to be like a smaller story than it was. Does that make sense? Like I thought. Yeah, I thought I, like the, the the ties between the care. I thought there would be like maybe like five characters, uh, and we were kind of pretty much going to follow these characters and get a real kind of like like stripped down Star Wars where it was very like intimate between like several of the crew and less. Like road trippy, even though it wasn't a road trip movie, I felt like it was gonna be like you said, like a heist movie where it was like we're plotting, we're planning. Here's this guy's skill. Here's this guy's skill. Here's yeah. how it all comes together. Yeah, you know what? I, I think like Force Awakens was such a giant nostalgia thing because you had you know Han Solo in it and Chewbacca in it and C three PO and Princess Leia. You know, you had all of those in there, right? And you didn't get any of that in here except Darth Vader at the very end. Right. And that that was that was that was great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Darth, really good. When, really good. When Darth Vader tore it up at the end, that was great. You know who my favorite character in the whole movie was? Who? Krennic. The uh, 
the Weasley dude who was like in charge of building the Death Star. No, no, he's my favorite character too. I don't know any of their names, but yeah, he <laughs> he is the one where I had to go back and I'm like, is he CGI? Because he seems like he fits so well into what that empire was in the it's 1970s. The one, yeah, the one guy was CGI. <laughs> I know, <laughs> Grandma Tarkin. Tarkin was definitely CGI. Which makes me question. Um, I'm like, who's real and who's not real in this? <laughs> You're but I thought he now, was Star Wars. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what this this movie um it definitely looked like a like the old Star oh, Wars yeah. right and I don't mean like the cinematography or like the camera angles or anything like that I mean just like the the aesthetic of it the, the angles the, you know, the angles and and the, the, the uniforms yeah. and everything about it's it dirty it's a dirty Star yeah. Wars this is like uh it's like like the the government has neglected everything but themselves, so everything is kind of like in shabbles and disrepair, you know? Yeah. Like like we get with those first Star Wars movies, and you're like, oh, I love it. Visually, this movie was, I, I think, hitting the right chord, and for me, the strongest aspect of the of the movie. That whole operatic b- battle at the end is, yeah. is worth the price of admission alone. Yeah. It, it you know I it looked really good. All the sets were really good. All the characters looked good. All the costuming looked good. Um, I it was a I liked the beginning of it. I liked getting to meet everybody really quick. Um, the middle felt a little wonky, and then the end. I, I you know the the end ramped back up, and I, I I really liked the ending of it. I had an argument with someone about it, and and not really an argument, just a discussion about it. Um, about how. They didn't think there was any character development in it. Yeah, I could I could see some of that. Yeah, I could see that critique. I get it, but go when's like go back and watch uh, New Hope. Yeah, <laughs> like there's literally there's no character development in New Hope. Not really. Luke is still like a whiny kid the whole way through. In in Star Wars New Hope, um, yeah, I agree. I think there are a lot of flat characters in there, and maybe not they don't change that much throughout the course of, of the film. But I feel like their interactions together, like you, there is you you buy the camaraderie, the heart yeah. is there, and I don't think I will definitely agree with that. I don't think the actors sold the heart as much, and I think I think I, I'm not blaming anyone for this, um, but you know, was it J- Jin? Is that her name? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, she really had a she really had her character really had the task of kind of bringing a lot of heart into this movie. And I don't know if it was the way they edited it or maybe things they cut out or just the script in general or maybe somewhat her performance of it. But I, I, I don't think the audience – at least I wasn't able to rally around her in the way that I think the movie was set up to do to give me that that feeling at the end when they do make that sacrifice. That should be a really tough scene to watch. That should be like where you're like, no, like, oh. And I, and I didn't have that. It didn't resonate I, the way I think – was intended. Yeah, I th- you know, I just don't think that they had enough t- they didn't have enough moments of actual interaction. Right. You know what I mean? As, as a group of people because every time they were interacting there was something happening, right? right? If you think back to like a new hope, you've got the whole scene where they're all hanging out in the Millennium Falcon, you I mean right. you've got Quiet you know moment. Han and Luke and Obi-Wan all in there with Chewbacca and C3PO and R2D2 and they just get to talk and banter for a little bit. Without, you know, like, they're heading to Alderaan, but they're not, you know, like, there's nothing pressing. But every moment these folks are together, it was something pressing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so they never, there was never a relaxed discussion or a relaxed kind of of thing. And so I think that that kind of leaves out the, that sort of heart aspect of it. Yeah. But I also, that's a good point. But I also think, like, I was talking to, I was talking to somebody, um, and I said, I think that maybe we expect too much of arcs and character development from a two-hour movie i was just gonna say that are we spoiled are we coming from like give me i need i expect to see these characters over three movies so that's what that's what that's what i said I, i said look we're so used to like you can look back at the original star wars trilogy and see an arc because there's three movies to to like like in the first movie Hans Hans a dick but he comes back at the very end but you know you know like 
is he, why does he really come back? Right. Right. And in the second movie, you see him sacrifice himself and you're like, all right, Han. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like you see him take a big, a big turn. And I, in all movies are trilogies now. You know what I mean? I just feel, I feel like every movie is this. And so we, we know that, okay, we, they didn't get fleshed out, but we'll get more of them next time. But you can't say that about this movie because they all die. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm trying to compare that to something. This will be like a three Pete movie or, you know, six of them. But I'm thinking like, you look at something like guardians of the galaxy, right? Uh, And in this movie, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, you get, you get your, your, your crew together and there's about the same number of them, but there was, they were able to get heart into that. Now, granted that is going to be like a three feature series, but with just taking one, I think that stands on its own as a better example of a sci-fi space movie that has heart in it. than when you one does, but then you look at the ending of, uh, you look at the ending of, um, of it guardians. Yeah. And, yeah, of Guardians, and then it just it falls apart into a really dumb ending. Right. So, like, they got to build up and have a lot of fun, and then they solve the problem in a dance battle, which is hilarious. It's funny, but yeah, yeah. yeah then yeah, when yeah. I and I think when you go and you look at, you're right. They didn't have enough time to build heart, but there was a giant space battle. Uh, yeah, and it it's happened. True. You can't. And it happened both. like three times. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, th- I think like, and then we're also spoiled because of television, man. Like, you, I just watched ten hours of Westworld. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and got spoiled at like the arcs of these people and seeing them change and grow um or however many seasons of the Sopranos you watch. You know what I mean? It and you see them change over time and I think that sometimes we're a little spoiled and maybe we expect too much from our giant blockbuster popcorn movie. Well, but I don't know. I mean I, I and maybe it's just maybe I'm maybe I'm kind of making excuses for it, but I I thought it was fun. Did I think it was the best Star Wars movie? No. No. Uh Force Awakens was better. Um, at least, at least I felt it was better. Uh, there was some, but you know, I go back and I watch Force Awakens again, and I go, "Well, that's I don't know that I like that part of it." Yeah. Um, but so, I, you know, I want it was a good go, movie. Can, I, can we go back to? I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, I, I think that I, I, I tell people to go see it, come up with their own thoughts on it. But it is, it's <coughs> if you if you like Star Wars, this is the Star Wars that's out right now. So if you like Star yeah. Wars, go see the damn movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but I will say, what do you think that is? Do you think, do you think, as an audience, we're spoiled with the ways of storytelling now? Do Do you think that we need to be more versatile in how we receive stories of different types, or do people making stories need to be aware of the the new way that we've been trained to watch stories and accommodate those? You know, is visual storytelling and the way we tell stories in television and film changing in a way that we can't go back. You know, we can't go back to these one-off movies that try to, that don't give us that long arcs or as an audience, do we need to be trained to accept a more variety of storytelling? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I I, I totally, I totally understand what you're saying. I think, I think that I will, I will, I will agree that that Rogue One is missing um like a love for the main characters. You know what I mean? Like there's 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 just something that's that's not there. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I really liked Ray. I really liked Finn. You know, the two sort of like new hearts of a Force Awakens, but I don't know that I I you know, I didn't really love Jin and I really didn't love uh, I thought Cassian was, I like Cassian, but he's also kind of, a, they're all very flat, right? you know, and, and I think n- they're all really flat in a new, and they're all really flat in a Force Awakens too, right? Mm-hmm. The only one who's not flat, uh, the only one who's not flat is, um, is, uh, oh crap, why can't I remember his name? Uh, Dart, the, the, why am, why is my brain... Going. Oh, um, the the bad the guy. son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is wrong with Fuck, my brain, dude? I don't know. There's too many Star Wars characters now. I can't remember any of them. So he has he has a little arc, right? You kind of see him struggle and change, but no one else does. But the movie's a damn fun movie, and you like the characters, so you kind of you're okay with that, right? Yeah, yeah. And the same thing when you go back and watch A New Hope. Um, Luke is awful in A New Hope. He really is. 
he's like whiny for the first half of the movie. And then the second half of the movie, he's really cocky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, he's not great. No, but it's a fun movie. Um, and so I, I think if you put a new hope out today, the people who love it wouldn't like it. If that makes sense. Because it does. It it does. Do- I, I see what you're saying. It yeah, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't stand up to what a movie looks like in 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, now 2017, it doesn't stand up to, uh, there's some parts that are just overly silly and not silly in a, in like a guardians of the galaxy way, but just a downright sort of silly way, mm-hmm. you know, that just doesn't, that doesn't, that I don't think would stand up. I love it. I mean, there's always something, you know, it's a very nostalgic thing for me, but I think if you put it out today and it were a brand new movie, people would complain about, would complain about some of the stuff that they're complaining about when the people who had some issues with the force awakens or people who had an issue with, with rogue one. Look, it's a fun movie where they shoot stuff and it's an outer space. And I, I think that, I don't know that we should expect a whole lot more than that. I don't think I guess. so either. And I <laughs> you know? enjoy it for what it is and go see it yeah. yourself. I mean, we're going to see it regardless. So yeah, if you want to go see like a smart space movie, go see the one where like Rachel, is it Rachel passengers. McAdams? Is it passengers? Yeah. <laughs> passengers. Oh no, there's another, the other one, the, the arrival, go see the, the arrival. arrival where they have to, a linguist has to talk to like gas space aliens. Go watch is that. that. Contact. It's, is that like the Jodie Foster movie from the nineties? It's like, yeah, it's like Jodie Foster movie, but it in 2016. <laughs> so, so let's 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 wrap our our uh, our Star Wars talk. I don't know that we, I don't know that we solved anything for anybody else. I, I don't think we, I don't think we hit any new territory. Nope. Uh, I think we both enjoyed <laughs> it, and we'll we'll both watch it again. <laughs> I will. I won't see it in the theater again. I, I think I've I think I've used up my theater views. <laughs> um, but your theater budget for the year has been blown already. Yeah, it's been blown, and luckily it's the end of the year. So, oh good. I hope you got that popcorn so, cup from Harkins. I we do. Uh, my parents get it for us every, or my sister gets it for us every year. Excellent. So we're we're good. That mitigates good. the cost of your Star Wars viewings. It it does. It really it really drops it down. So let's talk, uh, Travis. You and I. You sent me a list of hey dude. Let's let's talk about uh, let's let's talk about the stuff from this year. Let's talk yeah. about. We really enjoyed, you know, what we read on the show, stuff like that. If you read something else. Uh, so this is kind of like the 20, 2016 year in a re- re- review. Yeah. And this is when you cue the sweet year in review music that you've made. And yeah. go like, yeah, yeah, yeah. when I was 32, I read some comic books. It'll be great. It'll be great. I can I can hear it already. <laughs> so, let's. Do you want to go in the order you sent it to me, or do you want to jump around? How do you want to do this, buddy? Uh, let's. I just kind of put it in a random order. Let's. Yeah. Let's go in that since I have. I can pull that up here on my phone too. Okay. And why don't you? You know what? I, when I was going through, I, I was. I when I came up with the categories, they're pretty obvious categories. Yeah. But when I when I came up with them, I wasn't thinking like, oh, because I have something for all of these categories <laughs> but then when i started thinking about the categories in my fever jet lag awakenness um i was like thinking about like what i would pick and then i was also like i wonder what josh would pick and then i realized that josh you read so many more comic books than i did this year so know, many totally more did. comic books <laughs> like I'm, I'm like this has been a real renaissance year for josh and comics so like part of me wants to be like i just sit this out and listen to what josh has to say <laughs> but i'm gonna participate anyways so um the first thing we have up there is best kickstarter book yeah, so you and I, you and I did a Kickstarter episode uh, this year where we checked out a bunch of Kickstarter books. We backed a handful of them that we thought were good. We talked about them, and then they sort of poured into us probably about the last quarter of the year, right? I would say the last last three months or so, they've kind of trickled in, and and, and I've read some, and you've read some. So, do you want to hit the Kickstarter book first, or do you want me to hit it first? Say that again. I said, do you, do you want us to you want to go with your Kickstarter book first, or do you want me to go with mine? Um, you go with yours first. I don't think we're okay. gonna pick the same one, so we're good. I we probably won't. So here here's uh here's I got a bunch of Kickstarter books, and I haven't even read them all yet. Right, like one of the one of the ones I did was uh, through Kilgore Books, and Kilgore Books puts out like six magazines type comic books. Right. They're not really like big ones. Uh, so I got you know I got those ones. Uh, I got a couple handful other ones, but when I went down and I read them, uh, the last one I got and read, I got it and I read it that same day. 
Uh, that's my pick. Uh, and it is, uh, oh man, it's not in front of me right now. Um, yeah, it is. Where is it? Shoot. Uh, I got, uh, kill them all was mm-hmm. my, was my big pick, uh, for my Kickstarter book of the year. Um, and that was, oh shoot. I just had it in front of me. Why can't I find, oh, what uh, like Kyle Starks? Yes. Yes. So yes. Kill, kill them, kill them all by, uh, kill them all by Kyle Starks. Uh, reminded me of a fantastic 80s movie uh, that was a cartoon. And it was like, it was kind of, it reminded me of um, Kill Bill plus, uh, what's the, um, Lethal Weapon. That's a good <laughs> like, sell. That's a good sell. Kill Bill plus Lethal Weapon um, plus like, uh, not quite Escape from New York, but a little bit of like being trapped, like making your way through one, you know, one structure, maybe, maybe big trouble in little China, if yeah. you will, maybe that a little bit. Uh, and it was hilarious. Oh man. I got it in the mail. Uh, I had backed it and I read it that day and I laughed many times. There's just a bunch of like hilarious little things in there. Uh, and you know, a bunch of little jokes and some, some really funny stuff that I totally dug. Um, and it hit all the stuff for me. It was a nice, like, you know, it's a silly, um, it's a silly premise, like a, like a, a cop who got kicked off the force wants his job back. So he's going to get his job back by, um, by taking down this giant drug cartel. Mm. (laughs) And, uh, at the same time, an assassin who works for this drug cartel guy is also trying to get revenge on the leader of the drug cartel. And so it, there's just some really, some really stupid, funny stuff in it that I, that I really dug. Like one dude's like, there's this one guy who has a bunch of machine guns and his shirt says, Uzi does it instead of, <laughs> instead of easy. Does it just, there's just a bunch of dumb, like a bunch of little dumb jokey things, uh, that I love that are just funny. Like I'm going to kick ass until my leg falls off. And it's just, it's just totally silly. But it was a ton of fun. I love the cartoony style of it because the cartoony style kind of like clashes with the, you know, the kind of ultra violence in it. Uh, but at the same time, it, in this weird 80s action movie tone, it was it was a blast. I really enjoyed it. Nice. Uh, I got that in the mail, too. I haven't read it yet. So I'm gonna, now, I'm, now I'm super excited to do so. It, totally funny. Totally funny. <laughs> so what's your pick, my man? <clears throat> Well, that one might be it after I read it. It sounds like <laughs> I, you sold me on it. Like I already bought the book. I'm like, nah, now I should buy it again. Um, <laughs> and that is the thing with Kickstarters. They start coming in and they start piling up and you're like, oh, I was so excited when I got this eight months ago when I put it in and now it's here and you're like, I got to read it. Uh, mine yeah. is uh, – it, everything you said about yours can probably be said about mine as well. I know you have this book. This is uh, Last Driver. Uh, by uh, uh, Shaky Kane and C.S. Baker, I want to say is his first name. Let me let me check the – yeah, C.S. Baker is the writer and Shaky Kane is the illustrator. I know you have this one, Josh. Last Driver follows this kind of like macho, like every, every cliche, like – uh, you, you talked about escape from LA and yeah. like this this person should be like um uh Jack Burton like in the apocalypse uh and it's got it's just it's really cartoony style uh but it's mixed with this ultra violence and just absurd nature of this this guy who 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 drives this like corvette stingray car across the landscape of apocalyptic America, where there are kaiju that are everywhere, uh, and just drinks uh, and smokes and masturbates his way from one adventure to the next. But in, in this this first arc, a lot of it is based around this gladiator um, arena, which I just love the trope of gladiator arenas. In ge- anytime yeah. I see a gladiator <laughs> arena, I'm just like, yes, more of this, less of everything else. Put you can put Mickey Mouse in a gladiator arena with like you know uh, a trident, and I'm like, fuck it. Let's, I'm in. Let's watch. Yeah. I will read this. Uh, so I really like what's going on in this book. It's fun. It's a super quick read, uh, and I think I think you're going to be hearing more about this book. Um, I think this is going to take off. Maybe get picked up or by a bigger publisher. Um, so I think that that's a good a great one if people are starting off getting things on Kickstarter. Yeah. 
Hey, you know, I haven't. That's one of the ones that I just haven't had a chance to read yet. Like, <clears throat> it came literally the same time that I got that stack of stuff from Kilgore book, Kilgore books, and another one. So I've got these like. I've got like three days of break left, and I'm gonna try to cram in all of my Kickstarter. <laughs> reads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You uh, have to like set aside um, time. Yeah, in, in uh, I've been wanting to, but I picked up an actual book, like a like a novel, and so I I just have finished that over break, and so nice. uh, I was like, oh, I got time to read other stuff, and then I just I like got hooked on this book, and like that's all I've done for the last three days is read it. Uh, <laughs> so I have one other honorable mention, one other honorable mention for Kickstarter. Uh, and it is uh, Miranda is the one that I that um, I kickstarted, and it's by uh, Grim uh, Grim Wilkers, um, and it is a wordless comic. So there's no there's no like dialogue in it. Um, the art is gorgeous. It is just this beautiful like the uh, the way that he tells story without using any words is fantastic. It's it's uh, about this woman who lives in the middle of like uh like kind of a jungly post-apocalyptic thing and she has some monster growing out of her leg and so she has to get it removed and so uh when i kickstarted it um i backed number two uh and then in that kickstarter they gave me the issue one as well so these are you know these are single issue comic books and so uh not a graphic novel but uh two single issues that came in and uh they were both like just beautiful so miranda uh by grim wilk uh grim wilkins go check it out if you can find it somewhere i'm sure he's got it on his website but i really i really dug that one so i picked up issue one and issue two and that's kind of like my honorable mention uh it was just gorgeous um and so it really it really caught my attention nice all right running down our list uh favorite trade do you want me to go first for favorite trade you go first, my man, and we'll see if we pick the same one. You okay. Go <laughs> well, um, my, I don't think we did. I don't think we did. I know you I, you liked the book, you, but I think you more enjoyed it more than were like uh, raving about it. Uh, mine, uh, Tokyo Ghost. Um, I thought Tokyo Ghost, uh, you know, I, I read both volumes, and it's a complete story. It's done. It's over with. We read the first uh, volume of the trade, uh, The Atomic Garden, uh, with Scott yeah. Taylor, you know, several months back. And I loved it then, and I checked out the second volume. The second volume has has some faults with it, but overall they accomplished and they are able to take what they did in the the first volume and give me a satisfying ending. I really love the relationship uh, that develops between the two main characters in these book. It, it is it is like uh, a post post apocalyptic love story at its heart, and that's what I like most about it. There are some things in there that distract from that that I could. I could take or leave, uh, but at the at its core, I love that love story in the middle of chaos, right? Like the same thing what I yeah. love about Preacher, you know, that love story is the heart of that. I think there is a love story in here, uh, and they just surround it with like filth and violence, and if you do that, you've got my money. So Tokyo Ghost, I thought, was my favorite trade uh, of the year. It is a it is a ton of fun man it is it's a really good i didn't read the second arc you read the second arc though right you read both volumes one and two i haven't read volume two i really want to um it's on that list of stuff that dude i should really read that yeah uh but i did i i really liked it too it was pretty but my book of the year and i called it because it was our it was (laughs) literally it was our last uh episode it was our last comic book club of the year uh sheriff of babylon uh by tom king and mitch garrods is probably the best I'm going to tell you, it's the best comic book I read all year. It is, it, there was, that's just, there was just something really special about it and I can't put my finger on it. Uh, but it was fantastic. And, uh, I just want, I just want everybody to read it. <laughs> There's yeah. the, this, the storytelling it is, is wonderful. It reminds me of like a really good, like we were just talking about this with star Wars. Like, you know, we don't get character development, in like maybe a two hour movie, but when you watch 10 hours of, you know, a, a TV show, this literally felt, I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, was it six issues in this, um, in the first, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, five or six issues, it really felt like you got, you dug deep into these people and it felt like watching like an HBO, uh, TV show, um, 
but you get to do something special with it because it's comic books, right? So there's it's a little more arty, and you get to do a little bit different with it. And Mitch Garrods is somehow able to like just with all the dialogue that is in this book, he is able to like give you enough in the facial structure and in the acting of the characters he's drawing that it that it doesn't feel like a chore to read all the dialogue. You really like you're just getting through it and it, and it feels like such a rich sort of conversation that you're, that you're reading um, that I totally, I totally dug it. It's, it, I, it's, it's my favorite. It's my favorite book we read of the whole year. Excellent. Yeah. 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 I, I like that one too. That I knew, I knew that was going to be yours. You kind of, you kind of <laughs> tipped your hat at that last episode, but Hey, you got it in under the wire. It was the last yeah. uh, podcast. And what, that's a good surprise to have at the end of the year is like reading your favorite book of the year, your favorite trade of the year. Now, yeah. Besides trades, we read some graphic novels and a quick review. If you're a new listener, we consider a graphic novel uh, anything that contains one encapsulated story. That it was set the, – the the writer and the artist set, sat down to, to write one complete story that can stand on its own in comic book form. Is that a good summary of it, Josh? Would we also include something that was directly in book form? Like instead of being floppies, would you we still consider it a graphic novel if it were part of a series? Like Harry Potter is a novel, but it's part of a series. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I would. Would you? Okay, uh, that's that's yeah, that's yeah. my question. So mine mine's gonna fall into that category, I think. Um, but I don't know, man. I read a really good book that I'm gonna talk about last night. That that's pretty close. So okay, <laughs> we'll see. So let's let's hear yours first. Let's hear what you got. What, oh, what's your uh, go, graphic okay. novel? Uh, I thought, you know, the ones we uh, the ones we did this year, I thought that um, – and the ones that I read, uh, I keep going back to My Friend Dahmer. I, I, that, that book just sticks with me. Um, it, it's uh, – and I, and I recently listened to the Serial podcast. I know I'm like five years behind on that. <laughs> but I had a yeah. plane, like plane flight last traveling. I'm like, I've never listened to this. Let me listen to it. And I kept – and it made me think about that, that, that book, My Friend Dahmer, and like – do you really know if someone's like a murder? It was just my friend Dahmer was just it was a, a great surprise. It's something that I wouldn't have picked up unless we were reading it for the podcast. And I remember just being it's just a book that kind of haunts me still. So um, that's why I look for in a, in a good book is something that like <laughs> haunts my dreams. And my friend Dahmer <laughs> definitely did that. You know, it was it was a great book. Um I really dug that one. I really like the kind of like super indie art style of it. Remind me of old like uh, sort of like 90s cartoony indie comic yeah. books. You know what I mean? 80s, 90s cartoony stuff. Um, I would say mine is going to be something – I'm going to pick something we didn't read for the show because yeah. you know me. I read way more comic books than than we should. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but I've been reading a series. I went to Washington, D.C., and I talked about it on the show before over summer, uh, over the 4th, and I picked up on a whim – uh, the comic book, the person working at the store was like, Hey, if you like that, you should really check this out. You know, did you, you know, I been talked about, we were talking about some book I like, and she was like, you should really grab this one. I said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll totally grab it. So I grabbed the first book, um, of a series called the last man. <clears throat> and so it's uh, a French and I guess the closest thing I could say is it's, it's like, French manga is the closest thing I could I could call it. Uh, and I don't read manga at all. It's not something I've ever kind of been into. Um, but I picked up the first issue. Uh, it's by, uh, oh man, I'm going to mess up everybody's name because it's French, but uh, Balak, uh, San Laville, and uh, Vivas, Vives, I don't know. what. So it's out on first second. It's published by first second, so super indie publisher. Uh, and there are six books. And I literally... Uh, read all six. I got the first one. I read it. I'm like, okay. And I grabbed two and three and then I grabbed four and five and then I pre-ordered six and it came out in November and I read six and it's just been a ton of fun. I really like it. <clears throat> it's, it's, you know, uh, it's a big long story taking place over these six books. There's a seventh one coming out. Uh, but it's been, <sighs> it's been totally fun. It starts off kind of like this, um, this street fighter sort of tournament that this kid is involved in and this kind of like outsider from another town comes in and gets in the fight, but they get teamed up together. Right. Uh, and, and then it becomes like a sort of like, um, this sort of romp across different, you know, uh, different realms in this, in this world that they're building. And, uh, it was a ton of fun. I really liked it. So, uh, I would say 
if if that sounds at all interesting to you, you should I, the line the line work on it is just gorgeous. It looks pretty. Um, it reminds me a little bit of like old Disney cartoons a little bit. Cool. Some of the some of the artwork in it, uh, but it's also got kind of a, a you know a tight a manga feel to it. But the eyes aren't as manga, so I can I can read it. It's those those weird manga eyes that I don't get, uh, but they don't look like that on this book, so <laughs> I can yeah. read it. But I but I really dug that one. And in fact, I dug it so much that I read six volumes of it Jeez. <clears throat> over this year. So that's that's the one I'm going to say is, is was my was my top uh, right after that, though. I just read uh, I got Tetris from some Christmas cash. And so I, I bought the box brown book he released this year about the story of Tetris. And so we read we read box Brown's Andre the Giant. And I that read was Tetris a runner yes. up for me. Yeah. Box Brown's Andre I, the Giant. I read Box Brown's Tetris yesterday, and it was just a bunch of stuff I didn't know, and a bunch of stuff like, who knows that about Tetris? And it was a really <clears> cool <throat> book. It wasn't as it wasn't as good as uh, I don't think it was as good as Andre the Giant, probably because it <clears throat> it didn't matter. hit like yeah. the subject matter. Uh, but it's a really cool. Um, I love the design work in it. I love his I love his um, his sort of style and the way he tells story with it. Uh, it was really cool. I really liked it. I read it in one sitting. Uh, and I really shouldn't have. It's a pretty, you know, it's it's a decent sized book that I spent way too long reading at one time. Uh, but I really dug it. And nice. and so uh, check it out if you haven't checked that one out too. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's move quickly to favorite writer. All right, my man. Uh, my writer of the year. My writer of the year. I'm going to give it up to two dudes. Uh, no, my writer's one. I got to pick one. Oh, man. Uh, here's the problem. My favorite trade. Uh, oh, man. It's tough. It's tough. I'm gonna give it to uh, I gotta give it to Jason Aaron. Okay. I, I, uh, Southern Eisner, Bastards. Eisner, been, Eisner winning Jason Aaron. Yeah, it, Southern Bastards has just been a blast. It's been fun. I read it in trades. I don't get it in singles, uh, but every time I get one, uh, I love it. He's he's doing some really good stuff on it, uh, and uh, I even gave it to my dad for Christmas. I gave my dad Southern Bastards Volume One for Christmas. So he he's he's been writing so much stuff over at Marvel and uh, writing, you know, this has been great. Uh, and so I'm gonna give it Jason Aaron. Southern Bastards is always wonderful. So uh, I'm giving it up to him. Uh, I'm gonna go with um, not a not a hard person to to pick as favorite writer. Uh, been my favorite writer in comics for uh, quite a while. One of my favorite writers in comics. But this year, uh, made the list with three podcasts of ours. I'm talking about the <laughs> one and only Brian K. Vaughn. Uh, you know, still doing – I'm still keeping up with Saga. He every, – you know, the, Saga goes through ups, up, you know, like really great parts and okay parts, but there's never a bad Saga. Um, yeah. Paper Girls, uh, really enjoy Paper Girls. That was another podcast. We did Saga, we did Paper Girls, and we even did a big whole episode on some of his older stuff like Why the Last Man. And so Brian K. Vaughn is continually, whatever he puts out there, I know I'm going to enjoy. Um, and it becomes, the hard part about Brian K. Vaughn is trying to figure out, what's my favorite Brian K. Vaughn? Because <laughs> that's how much good stuff he's putting out, consistently putting out good stuff. Uh, and I think that the projects he's working on right now, I got to read Paper Girls Volume 2, um, but I'm sticking with Saga, and uh, I think everything that Brian K. Vaughn does deserves like a reread, so I'll probably go back and reread some of his other stuff too. Yeah, he, uh, Paper Girls has been a ton of fun. I'm I'm pretty current on it. I might be an issue or two behind, but I've read it this whole year, and it's been, it's been a, a joy to read it this year. Um, all right, my man. Artist, artist of the year. I want. Uh, who's your? Who is your artist of the year, buddy? Come on, man. Can you take a guess? <laughs> Can you take a guess? Uh, it's uh, it's my man, uh, Sean. Is, is Sean Murphy? Yep, that's right. <laughs> uh, Sean Murphy, uh, Tokyo Ghost. As I said earlier, my favorite trade. One of the reasons is because of the art. <clears throat> also, um, you know, I got introduced more to him when we when you had to do Chrononauts uh, way yeah. back in this year, earlier this year. Uh, I loved him on that. Loved him on Tokyo Ghost. I love, uh, you know, it, it's. I don't really follow artists like online. Like look at like their the sketches and stuff they're doing. The way that you do, you're always kind of scoping yeah. out what artists are working on. But I do do that for uh, Sean Murphy. I've seen him do some crazy Batman stuff online that he's put on there and all this great stuff. So um, really got me kind of the first artist to really get me like be like a fanboy over where I'm like yes. 
more Sean Murphy on everything. I, I, I never, um, I've never got to feel like like I've had like my artist. You know, like this is it. This this speaks to me. <laughs> everything he puts on uh, a page, I'm just like uh, drooling over. So I really feel like I have a dog in the comic book artist fight now. I'm going to tell you what, you're going to love 2017 because he is making his Batman opus this year. He's writing it and drawing it, and he says it's going to be his Dark Knight. His, <laughs> so... his Batman looks so dope. Like The way he draws <laughs> Batman, is, just, is it blows my mind. Yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be fantastic. I think I think his uh, his his Batman take is going to be great. Uh, my artist of the year, uh, we interviewed him earlier this year. Uh, we did a book of his. Uh, we've uh, Andrew McLean is my artist of the year. He did Headlopper this year. Um, I got it all in singles. I kickstarted the original ones. Uh, and then I bought the, the trade of it because there was an extra story in it and freaking maps in it. And dude, I love maps. You love maps. Love maps. And so it was, it was, they don't love you like I love you, babe. Ex- they exactly. don't love you like I that's that's it, that's, that's maps, right? Is that the same yeah, song it is maps. maps. Okay. Uh, but the, yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, uh, Andrew McLean. I follow him on Instagram. Uh, I got to see him do the process stuff for Headlopper. I got to see him do the process stuff for Apocalyptic Girl, a book we had read the year before. And I've just kind of seen him as an artist kind of like create stuff the last two years. And this year, seeing uh, what he did with Headlopper, this sort of like Conan the Barbarian romp through, you know, this world that he's creating with these. He draws some dope monsters, dude. They look so good. Uh, and he's my artist of the year. He's just been everything he everything he draws even when he like posts commissions he does and he did like a bunch of alien commissions like for the movie alien and they were all freaking amazing (laughs) so he's my he's my artist here for sure Uh, i can't wait for headlopper to come back uh he took a big risk and did like a quarterly comic he only released it every three months but it was extra big it was like 60 to 80 pages uh but it it was fantastic i loved it so nice nice and get to interview him too so I did, so dreams, like, you know. dreams really do come dreams true. All right, last uh, one on the list is favorite comic book TV show. Yeah, favorite, favorite comic, comic book, book TV, TV show. show. What's yours there, Travis, buddy? Oh, Where you easy, want me to go? Easy, baby. Come on. Oh, I know what it is. We got to go Preacher. I got to go you Preacher, got man. Not just because of the nostalgia of it being one of my, my favorite comic book of all time, but I thought they knocked it out of the park, man. I thought, I thought that they took a big risk not following the stories in the book that people love, right? They took a huge risk for that, but they 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 kept the essence of the characters and were able to tell this kind of new direction of the story, which I think is just sending them off in the right direction as the last episode was, was the fucking tits. Uh, I loved it, uh, and it looks like it's going to send them off into that road trip aspect of Preacher that we love um, reading the books. So I thought they did the right tone i thought it was funny i thought the casting was perfect uh i thought they just they knocked it out out of the park in all sense of the word for that show all right dude you're so predictable i I told you i told you i told you you could have picked every one of my categories (laughs) oh i totally could have i totally could have (laughs) uh then you know what i only watched the first couple episodes i've got them all downloaded Gabby didn't love the pilot, so she like I can't she like I'd have to like con her into watching yeah, the rest yeah. of them with me, and I just I just haven't found a chance to watch it, but I do want to finish it up. Uh, my favorite comic book show of the year um, has got to be it's the Flash, man. It the end of last season was a ton of fun. It picked up back again this year, and it was a blast. Um, you got the crossover with Supergirl and the Arrow was great. It's everything I want in a comic book TV show. Because it's fun, uh, it doesn't take itself. It takes itself just serious enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like just on the edge of we're serious about this, and then it's it embraces how utterly utterly ridiculous the concept of almost all comic book superheroes are. Uh, and it's it's been a ton of fun, and it probably takes the cake because Arrow has been such a kind of like a downer, and then uh, The Walking Dead is just a pile of garbage that I stopped watching this season. So. Yeah, I stopped watching that too. Mm. I just I gave up. Uh, I couldn't do it. So that that's my that's my favorite comic book TV show of the year. Uh, so what what's our what's our time range left, dude? We got we got time for anything else, or are we gonna shoot to this interview? We're gonna shoot to this interview. 
All right, man. All right. So I've got I'm an interview. Load it, load it up. I got an interview with uh, Matt Lesniewski. So take a listen, uh, Andy Comic Creator, to wrap us up and to drive us into the new year. Here we go. Pull. Hold on to your butts. It's a comic exposure interview. Oh. All right, guys. Uh, we've got an interview on the show. So I've got Matt uh, Lesniewski here with me, uh, comic book creator. You've got a couple of things out, Matt. Uh, so welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. All right, let's let's get down to business, Matt. So you are an indie comic creator. You've got a couple books that that you've self-published, right? Yeah. All right. So out right now that you're working on is a book called Antique, correct? Right. Awesome. So why don't you tell us a little bit about this book and kind of uh, you know what uh, what got you thinking about doing a book like this? Um, well, it's a fantasy, uh, quest story, um, kind of like sword and sorcery. Um, anybody oh. likes, you know, Conan, uh, Lord of the Rings, that sort of thing. They'd okay. probably be a fan of it or find something in there that they enjoy. Um, so it's mostly, uh, just a quest that's, on the surface level, that's the main story, I guess. Okay, all right. But, um, I mean, on a little bit of a deeper level, if if you were looking for that, I guess, uh, it's it's about, like, morality and, uh, you know, uh, how do I explain it? Uh, sort of like if you were to be challenged in your morals, where would you stop uh, or where to... Would you, uh, where would you go? Yeah, like, it, if your morals are challenged, where do you... Do you just give in, or do you uh, completely fight against the challenge? Yeah, so the main character you've got in here, Elmira, she is... Uh, she needs a little cash. She's down on her luck. Right. Uh, and she's been sent on a quest uh, by kind of like the uh, shopkeeper, right? To be like, his, yeah. like to, to bust some kneecaps, kind of, I guess is the, the, sort way, of, yeah. the way to put it. Um, so what made you decide to go with uh, kind of like in, I mean, Elmira's no spring chicken. She herself is an antique, much like her sword uh, right. that's in here. What made you decide to go with kind of that sort of character? Because it's, it's, you know, it's, it's different from that fantasy trope of like the – the big hulking barbarian. So, so what made you decide to go with, with the character like Elmira? Um, it was just sort of a natural thing. Like I, what I didn't really think of it. It was just, she was always a character that I had in my head. Okay. And, uh, I always wanted to do like a fantasy story and somehow the two kind of collided. Okay. Awesome. And she just sort of fit. So, so let the, all right. Well, I, I think it's kind of an interesting kind of a twist on that fantasy story because she is going on this kind of big quest. Uh, and first, you know, she's not, you know, uh, she's not young. She's an older character. So that's always kind of an interesting sort of thing uh, about how does she make it through all of this? The stakes are maybe seem a little higher for her since she's not, you know, a giant hulking barbarian like barbarian like Conan is. Um so let me right. let me ask you about this is you know I I've read some of the other stuff I've been following you for a little while on Twitter uh, and so you've got a couple other things that you've put out uh, on your website uh, you can read all the stuff you've you've put up I mean you've got uh, Arctic Hell is one of them uh, Alone Again is uh, kind of a you know zombie one shot comic and then Antique that you're working on right now. Um, how long how long have you been at the sort of the comic book game? We've got these three up. How long have you been working at this? Um the the whole like since I've started really pursuing it. Yeah. Um probably five years, maybe six, something six like years. that. Okay. Yeah. Um right out of high school I I tried to be like solely an artist. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like uh I just started uh, doing uh, submissions, like artwork submissions. Like I would just email, you know, 
I don't think I emailed Marvel or DC. Like I wasn't that confident, <laughs> but I went for like the all the indie publishers and thought, oh, maybe one of the smaller companies they'd give me a shot. But that never happened. So uh, I I started doing like pitches with other writers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that didn't really pan out, uh, <laughs> but I still kept going. Uh, then I did a bunch of like mini comics okay. with other writers. Uh, that was like maybe a year or two ago, and uh, just kept working at my craft and just you know kept going at it. Uh, kept showing my work to publishers, trying to get my stuff out there, and then uh, somewhere along the way, I've, I figured, hey, why don't I try? writing my own stuff. Mm-hmm. So now I'm doing both. Awesome. You know, cause I, <clears throat> you can see like your, the little body of work that you've got here going on. I, I mean, I'm, this is just, you know, what you've got up is just a small section of the stuff I'm sure you've done. Um, you can kind of see, you know, you're, you're really kind of honing in on the craft that you've got going on. So in between the three different books, you're kind of showing a good range of stuff that you can do, which is really kind of cool. It gives sort of like the readers who are out there a chance to kind of, you see you flex your muscles in, in different ways. And I think uh, the fantasy comic gives you a little, you know, it gives you a little different way to look at stuff compared to, you know, you've got one that's kind of in a winter scan, uh, you know, um, landscape and, and stuff. So right. it, um, I really, I really enjoy these three books that you've got up. It's, it's kind of like a, a cool little glimpse. Each one tells like, you know, this little story. Uh, and I'm, I'm, you know, after reading, uh, the first issue of antique that you, that you have out, um, I'm digging the, the sort of like, uh, kind of like wash that you've got going on with it. So you, the, the alone again is just straight black line. Um, but right. Arctic hell and, uh, antique have this sort of, you're doing this kind of gray wash on it. Uh, that right. kind of gives it a little more depth too. That that's that's pretty cool. I like how that's looking out. I kind of I'm kind of you've got this real um, meticulous style on certain things, which is kind of neat. Like when you do like a, a rubbly landscape, like I can literally see every little tiny piece of rubble that you're doing, which is yeah. <laughs> which is cool. But I'm sure that that kind of that probably takes a while. How does your process work? Are you do are you doing digitally or do you pen and paper or what do you do? Um, for everything that's up on my website now. Uh, that's all traditional. Okay. Um, for like a year straight in, I think 2014, I worked only digitally mm-hmm. and that was on like a Cintiq tablet. Yeah. And after a while of doing that, it just didn't, I, I just didn't like it. I don't know. It just didn't give me the results I was going for or the look or the quality I don't know, just something about it. It just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. So I went back to paper and I just do it like, you know, most other comic artists do now. Just paper, pen. That's all it is. <laughs> all right. So when you're, um, so you've got the first issue of Antique is out. Uh, the second issue, I think by the time this airs, will we'll be out right now. Uh, so it's just a, a, a four part story. Uh, what else you got going on? I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see the, the the monsters break way in the in the last panel of this, uh, and then it looks you've got like a, a sneak peek of the second cover in the back of the paper copy here, and it looks like there's yeah. uh, some orcs or goblins. One of those one of those two is, is coming out, or some other swords and sorcery sort of beast. Uh, so it looks like this little. Uh, that this adventure that 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 uh, Elmire's going on is going to involve uh, a good amount of different little uh, battles for, which is kind of exciting. Yeah, a lot of a lot of creatures, a lot of beasts, a lot of monsters. Um, yeah, <laughs> but uh, I mean, there's more to it than that. But I mean, I guess you have to just keep reading. So <laughs> you know, you know what? I will. I will. I'm. I'm looking forward to the next the next issue. I I, I really enjoyed uh, kind of the where this story's starting here. So out of the out of the um out of the books that you're working on right now with the with, out of the stuff that you've got up right now, um which kind of genre do you think uh which one of you enjoyed working with the most? You've got kind of this um you with Arctic Hell, it's the first part of kind of a 
I don't, I don't I, like a. It seems very crime story-ish, sort of, you know, and, and yeah, yeah, uh, or like man versus nature. You've got sort of this post-apocalyptic thing going on with alone again, and then sort of this fantasy, uh, you know, this the swords and sorcery with antique. Which one of those three do you think is? Which one do you, did did you have the most fun or had the most fun sort of like working out the details to? Um, hmm. I don't know. I like all of them, but. I don't know. When I went to do Arctic Hell, I just that one was literally just like I want to draw people in snow. <laughs> like I just want to draw like coats and gloves and snow and just people dealing with that. Yeah. Because it, I don't know, <laughs> it might sound weird, but that that was literally all that was. Awesome. That was awesome. the that was the original inspiration for that because <laughs> I live in upstate New York and so lots lots of snow. <laughs> yeah, lots of snow, and it's just it's it's a thing that you have to deal with. <laughs> whether you like it or not and it just so i kind of fused that with like sort of a crime story awesome um but i like the fantasy too i like the crime too so i guess i like the fantasy one the best okay awesome so you've got four issues planned for this is it once a month or how you how, how do you see them coming out yeah that's the plan uh yeah, it should be once a month. Right now, the uh, the second issue will be coming out in a little under a week, and so far it's on track. I, I have the first three done, so it should should turn out on schedule. Matt, I want to say thanks for for coming on the show and doing a, a little a little interview with us, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you go check out Matt's stuff. You can find him on Twitter at Matt Lesniewski, and I I know that like I just said that, and you're not going to be able to spell it, so I'll make sure I tweet it out. But you can also find him on his website, and you can read Antique. Uh, or you can order a paper copy if you want. He's got his other work up there. It's at mattdrawscomics.com, which is a prime uh, a prime website uh, IRL, uh, URL to have, man. So like, there's a bunch of mats out there who are like, dang this guy. Uh, <laughs> so go ahead and check. The other Matt artist. Yeah, the other artists that are Matt are, are really – comic book artists named Matt are really – Matt Fractions really pissed at They're you. They're so envious. <laughs> um, but go check out his stuff. Uh, check out Antique. By the time this airs, the second issue's uh, probably out, so you should go check out the first two issues. Uh, get yourself in. Uh, Matt's got a really interesting style that, I, that I'm really kind of digging. Uh, you do some really interesting sort of um, – there's some the angles that you're using in some in some of the panels are are really kind of interesting. I really I really dig sort of the the way that you're um, kind of setting up the camera angle. I guess um, there's a panel Thanks. there's a panel on um, alone again uh, where he's kind of he he just kind of wrapped up his uh, he's he's just kind of wrapped up his arm. Uh, after after the you know he's been a, he's been attacked uh, and right. he's like laying down on the ground and kind of everything is all kind of sprawled out around him. Uh, that's a really I, I really kind of dig that that panel you've got there the kind of space where everything's kind of scattered around him there. Well well after he's done all that he's kind of passed out uh, after after that little incident. So you got some really cool. Hey, angles. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm really digging it. So go check out his stuff at Matt Lesniewski on Twitter, uh, mattdrawscomics.com. You can check out his stuff. Matt, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Uh, keep up the good work, my man. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. And now back to our regularly scheduled program. You can find Matt on on Twitter. Like I said at the end of the interview, you can you can uh, find his books. He's got them actually up for free on his website. You can buy a paper copy, and I always say support indie comics. Uh, but you can always read some of the stuff up there on online for free too. He's got them posted on his website. You can go check them out. Uh, if it's something you dig, throw the man a bone. Uh, help out uh, a, a you know a new guy and not a new guy. He's been doing it for a while, but help out a guy who's who's publishing his own stuff. So so check it out. Uh, Travis Ratz, is that is that it? Is that That's it for this this That's year's it. episode? Yes, we packed this episode, baby. We did. We I still it. had stuff. I still had stuff to talk about. I'm gonna bring it into the next episode. I know. I'm gonna bring it into the next episode. All right, brother. So we've got a new batch of books for the new year. We have one that we were supposed to finish, but we didn't finish before the new year rang out. Uh, and we're gonna get to that. So next up on the podcast is gonna be Prez. Uh, we've, I think I've said that for the last three episodes in a row and every time we will uh, get to it. 
it's you know the end of the year always it's holidays and all that stuff. There was I was sick one time. You know I was like I was I was dead to the world Josh, for like four days. Excuses, baby. We're our own bosses here. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I don't have to answer to anybody. No. So Prez, we're doing Gorillas is another book uh, that you should go check out. We're doing that one, uh, and then we got a list we got to make, buddy. We yeah, got we got to do this. Black but... Widow in there somewhere because I yeah, know Black, I have that yeah, trade. Black I... <laughs> coming. Yeah, yeah. So we got Prez, we got Gorillas, we got Black Widow. Uh, I got someone for Black Widow, a good buddy of mine from back in the day, one of my punk rock brothers in arms from from back in the day. He's going to do it. Uh, so oy, it, oy, it's oy. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, so it's going to be good, man. I'm excited to talk about those books. I'm excited to see uh, what new books we're going to pick this year as we as we make our way through the uh, 2017. You're you've already been like a day into 2017, brother. That's right. Uh, um, it's is the, Trump still president? Is Let's Trump still president Google. elect? Nope. Nope. Not what the Ooh. hell happens in the future. <laughs> Ooh, I don't want to spoil it, but it involves uh, a nine iron and some ice cubes. Oh, so ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in the podcast for another year. Uh, You can find us on the Internet, www.comicexposure.com. All of our previous episodes are up there. You can come and hang out with us on Twitter at Comic Exposure, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Comic Exposure. We even have an Instagram if you want to go hunt for that. We are we are all over the Internet, guys. So so take a look. Tell your friends. Read a book and uh, we'll see you next trade. (laughs) 